You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. such a silly thing for me to do. don't even know what I'm doing. Um, I cannot really see you, so that's absolutely fine. Um, very helpful. Um, very happy to have you here tonight, and I'm very happy to be here tonight and to celebrate this very important day with you. Um, today's my birthday. Thank you. <clears throat> I'm one years old. Yeah, I know, I should do something for my cream. I know I kind of look a little bit more older than one years old, but um, I was born last year in Rome. Um, location is not really that important. Um, more the circumstances that brought me there, um, the labor. It was a very long, um, exhausting labor. 30 years of labor. <laughs> it was actually exhausting. Um, Painful, very long, it said. Um, and, um, and exhausting, yes. Um, I thought I would never, never um, arrive to the point that I was able to really express myself the way I'm maybe trying to do it tonight. Um, and just to give you an idea of kind of the um, atmosphere, uh, the mental um, state. I was one year, uh, one um, years ago. I will probably use. Um, I will probably call a friend of mine. It's a kind of a friend. I, I don't think he knows he's my friend. He's a Greek dude, um, and I think he's dead by now. And his name is Seneca. I don't know if you ever heard about him. So I'm gonna, God, Nick, your handwriting is terrible. Um, and he said, "It is not the last drop." empties the water clock, but all the drops that previously flowed out. So I felt completely emptied and I felt very sad. I was really, really, I really reached a point where I couldn't cope with anything, anything anymore. So I'm Italian, I'm from Italy, and I grew up in a very, very religious uh, family. Um, the background, Catholic background, my parents, my grandmothers, my grandfathers, and also my education. I had a very, very um, strict Catholic education. Um, until I was 10 years old, I remember I always went to these um, uh, Sunday services with my grandmother, and I had to confess my sin. I mean, I was 10 years old, oh, eight, nine, 10 years old, um, and I had to confess a sin every Sunday. Like, I didn't even have time to commit some sin, like the decent sin to go to the priest and say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a sinner. So I remember sometimes I had to make up sin, which I then later realized that was the sin itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, my education, middle school, high school, um, I clearly went to a private Catholic school. Um, and 
school was run by nuns. Um, my teachers were nuns. And by the time I was 18 years old, we were praying, praying a lot. We really wanted to make sure that God and Jesus really knew that we were thinking about them and really loving them every single day. Um, so by the time I was 18 years old, when I finished my um, study, uh, studies, I was basically a godless virgin. And um, so I kind of realized that that was wrong, but still. Um, so I had this, um, I followed these very strict um, boundaries, these very strict rules in order to comply, in order to obey, in order to be accepted by my parents first and by the community and by my friends and um, partners later on. Um, I thought that was the right things to do. I've been taught that um, love is something you have to earn, something you have to, to gain, kind of a reward for you. If you are good, you'll be loved. If you're not good, you're not going to be loved. Oh, hmm, maybe, um, who knows? So I remember, for example, one time, one, one day I um, entered my puberty. I had my first period, my first menstruation. My father was incredibly disappointed with me. <laughs> incredibly, because it's, um, I mean, can you even imagine how much I was disappointed with my body? Like, it's happening down there. Um, he was very disappointed because I wasn't, uh, I wasn't his um, little tiny daughter, gentle, sweet, cute daughter anymore. I was entering like in a woman body and I was no more his kind of um, the person that uh, it would be there to please him. And I would probably be um, a pleaser to someone else, for someone else. Um, I also remember when my mother, um, we always have argument every time and in my teenagers um, years. And I always remember when uh, she ended all the arguments, no matter what was the topic, she always said, um, you have very bad temper, you better change your temper, you better change your, um, the way you uh, deal with people, otherwise no one will ever love you, no one will ever marry you, which I thought, okay, right, then I'll carry on, I'll do it. Um, so all these kind of, I, I, I grew up in this kind of um, um, very uh, strict, neat, boundaries. I had to comply and I had to kind of um, shrink myself in sometimes situations that weren't really mine. And so I was absolutely completely unaware of the possibility of receiving love, of giving love to myself uh, without um, giving people something, without pleasing them. So I, I don't even know if pleasing is, a word, is an English word, is it? Yeah, cool. Um, so, um, so when I when I moved, I was 19 years old. I moved out away from my parents' house. I went <coughs> to a different city in Italy to study my university, my university, and I um, I used that years to really master my ability as people pleaser. That was the best years of my life uh, when I really, really. Um, start pleasing everyone, trying to belong, trying to be validated, trying not to be rejected by 
the new community I was trying to fit in. So new friends, new partners, um, like one after another, not all together. Um, um, and at some point I just felt it was too much and that was after 30 years and it was last year. It was completely random moment, completely random situation. I was, I remember I was on a tram, I was um, riding the tram, seating on this chair, trying not to melt because it was incredibly hot. And um, I don't know if you've ever been in Rome. Um, if you've been in Rome when it's summer, when it's spring, but even in spring, um, the heat will really amplify all the sound, all the smell that comes from the ground and comes from the city. And it was kind of a being drunk, being high on all this strange um, smell and all these strange sounds. And I kind of had a, uh, an epiphany. And I thought, probably what I'm really missing here is um, building my own boundaries. I always thought boundaries were something negative to, um, to, to kind of bring myself that I had to really had to respect. And I thought, this is my game. This is clearly my life. So I probably should use these boundaries to protect myself from... Um, abusive uh, personalities from people that want me to please them, to praise them, instead of to um, help me growing, help me um, moving forward this life. And so I decided to be friend with my own boundaries, and I decided to um, help my boundaries to challenge myself. And sometimes I play with my boundaries. Sometimes I step over my boundaries and see how it feels. Like tonight, like it kind of feels good now. So it's all good. Um, sometimes I just go back to my boundaries because, as I said, they protect me and it's absolutely fine. So I'm one years old tonight and um, I'm very young. I'm very green. I'm still learning. I'm stumbling all the way through and I know I've got so much things to learn and um, sometimes I see myself struggling but I've also learned to really love all my flaws and that's absolutely great. And I'm thinking about my boundaries today and since last year as a magical pair of jeans. Um, it doesn't really matter if I increase, if I gain weight, or if I lose weight. They'll probably fit, they'll fit perfectly, just because they're mine. Thank you. True Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website truestorieslive.co.uk.